0: So we've been thinking, so we've been thinking the podcast design thinking has become a powerful framework and model that educators have embraced and have started implementing in their classrooms. However, there's an obstacle to truly leveraging this framework, and that is moving beyond the model itself to unpack the mindsets and culture that's going to allow design thinking to flourish and put students in a position to truly leverage the framework. I sat down with David Lee in this episode of the So We've Been Thinking podcast, and we talked all things design thinking, culture, mindset, and even how technology plays a role in this process.
1: Uh, Hi, my my name is David Lee. Um, I am from the States, uh, California specifically, Um, and I started my career, uh, teaching career at Korea International School uh, around like eight years ago. And I was there for seven years, um, and now I'm currently at Singapore American School, uh, where I'm the elementary STEM uh, EdTech specialist
0: or coach. Awesome. Well, David, thanks for joining us. Um, I'm super excited about having you on the podcast. Um, we were chatting a little bit before the recording got started. I've been. Following your work, I think I first caught up with you on Instagram, and then since then, it's like constant daily checks of like, what is David up to? Um, the book that you publish, um, which I'm hoping you're willing to kind of talk about those ideas. Um, so the, the purpose of our podcast is just to talk to people that are doing some really interesting kind of innovative work and see what they're thinking about. So,
1: um, Recently, I've been thinking about um, design thinking, specifically about culture and um, how that's so important. I um, mean, how that people see design thinking as a strategy, uh, but it's it's it needs to start as the culture of a school if it's going to be used in the school.
0: No, it was interesting that you said that. Like, I I hate to jump in, but that that initial point because I see the same thing. It's like it's a process. It's a graphic sometimes at like the entry level, but I wonder if you've had experience with that, like. I've always introduced that as like, hey, let's get familiar with the concept first. And then we're 100% going to have to address like the culture of the school, the willingness to share ideas. But do you try to address it the other way? When I first started, when I first
1: started teaching it um, in my class, I did teach it as a process and I quickly realized um, it wasn't working. Like it's, it's basically um, any design process, uh, but Yeah, the mindsets were uh, missing um, my first year of doing it, and I quickly realized I needed to change it up. And so, yes, mindset and culture is uh, definitely, it's really half and half. Um, But now when I introduce it, I do say it is a
0: culture first um, so that people realize that. So how do you convey the importance of that, or how do you get that culture to kind of emerge that's going to let the process become more effective? Um, For me, I mean, my last
1: school, it was interesting because I learned it at a conference, and then I just applied it immediately. And um, I I knew that it was going to be beneficial. I didn't, you know, know how to teach it very well. But uh, I decided to do it on on certain projects. And then I asked um, a teacher, because I was an ed tech specialist, to integrate. I would help her integrate design thinking in her science project. Mm -hmm. And we did that. And I document the whole thing. I made a video and it started grassroots where um, other parents from other classes were like watching this video and asking, why isn't my child doing this? Um, And it slowly just spread and, and it got popular with all the teachers. um, And they knew it was like a problem solving skill that, you know, it's not, those skills are not really focused on. So they were happy that um, that was even talked about. So started to grow and then um when this stem program this transdisciplinary program that i was asked to kind of lead uh i knew that that design thinking would be the learning practice of almost every learning experience that we design uh and so in that way it just spread through the and and so that created culture i don't know if people have the the option to do that, because I think most people, most teachers enter a school with a culture already. Right. Um, I I am excited this summer, I'm going to work with a a school in Indiana, a charter school called uh, Invent Learning Hub, and they are creating a school from scratch. Wow. And they're top three pillars one of them is design thinking and so they are literally creating culture at the start which is really exciting and I'm really excited to collaborate with them um as for like a well-established school has having its own culture having its own way um yeah it's going to come from like grassroots and then also um uh, just support from admin like every situation seemed like when design thinking is happening at a school, it seems like admin is really pushing it, um, and having certain teachers advocate for it. And it just grows in that way. Um, and then, and those people model those things, right? Right. Right. Totally. What was really cool was even though I was, um, the coordinator of this program and I'll kind of describe what the program's about. So basically, um, We have science specialists, this is elementary science specialists, design specialists, uh, all the, you know, art technology specialists and the homeroom teachers all kind of come together, look at standards, and then we develop these performance tasks um, that hit some of our units. And so it's this huge collaborative project um, and a lot of moving parts. Um, And then we decided to use design thinking or have the students use design thinking for that. Um, And so because I was the design teacher, I, the language that I used, the way I modeled design thinking, uh, that kind of spread into the classroom because that's the way they were talking. So the teachers would kind of be like, Oh, and then would use those same terms. And so it became this culture and, you know, experimentation, all of those things, like, you know the teachers did that really well because I think um, they believe in 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 the method. So
0: it's it's interesting that you said it. The 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 teachers are coming together. Um, I was able to visit Design 39 in San Diego and kind of watch their process oh, wow. and watch how they like. It seems like everything they do is really big picture and it makes me think that like yeah you can use this model like I was a high school history teacher like could I use this model in a history class in isolation yeah it could happen but it seems like it's so much more powerful when you can ask super Mm -hmm. big meaningful questions that can touch on lots of different areas and then they can use this kind of process to get there Do you, so I'm a huge proponent of it. Like, uh, I think the, I I think the process is super valuable. I think it lets people get to places they wouldn't get to otherwise creative ideas and solutions and just thinking that you wouldn't do without the process. But I wonder if you think there's any, have you come across like roadblocks or challenges to use in it or, um, any insight that you have now that you didn't have when you were getting started with this kind of work?
1: I think communication is the biggest thing for, with teachers, uh, um, I think, uh, I came in and, uh, proposed design thinking in certain unit develop, like I kind of asked to be in unit development meetings and, um, I kind of, you know, suggested design thinking would be a great, you know, tool because it is creative problem solving. There's a problem. They can go through the scaffolded, uh, type of process, right. have strategies kind of baked in And then model that uh, those mindsets. Um, I think what I've learned is I I, communication for me is something I'm not very good with when it's one to one. Mm -hmm. So I can I can communicate pretty well with graphics and with video production. And I'm really into that. And I think because I'm not good with the one-on-one part like I could write a script and all that stuff and do a big production. I can communicate well in that sense but when it's one-on-one it's very it's uh, that's one of my weaknesses and I know that and I'm trying to work on that. And so if it is to be introduced to teachers um I would I would say communicate exactly why and what it is mm-hmm. um Really well, and also my friend um, Gene McLaughlin, he suggested that don't even maybe say design thinking. There's so many initiatives, like trendy words and all that, right now. Um, So if I had to do it again, I would even say design thinking. I would say. I, I know I know how I know some creative uh, problem solving strategies. Like I could come in and you know, and so I could have said that instead, and then and then talk about empathy and talk about um, ideation and iteration, all that, but not say the word design thinking. And yeah, that's something I learned through this whole process. I mean at the school so
0: yeah I totally agree with you I even consider the similar process of like why bring the word up or if you're working with teachers that are gonna go work with their students like is it even necessary to use the language right because it's powerful language and it has meaning like you said it's like there's meaning baked into all of those the terminology but maybe trying to get them to understand like hey there's a whole new process that you're gonna learn like that might not be the most critical thing to experience there mm-hmm. um, so with with right. regards, I'm super interested to hear like what have some of the most powerful or meaningful like outcomes been of you seeing students embrace this model and like what has the not that like the output is the most critical thing because in some ways you could argue it's not it's more about observing and seeing them work mm-hmm. through a process and develop skills but what has the output been as a product or just as an overall impact on the students?
1: Yeah, I think um, and being in Korea. Um I think the education culture that is changing but it, it is very much and I think it's just generally all all students around the world schools kind of um, create students like this where they literally want to know exactly what to expect step by step process and they want to create something that looks the same as everyone else they just want. I mean, if they want to do well in school, not mm-hmm. not like, you know, there's students who want to do the opposite, but if they want to do well in school, they just want to know, okay, what am I supposed to do next? What am I supposed to do? Uh, what I found was, yeah, students want a step-by-step procedure on how to do something. Um, and I and I taught like that with my computer class. Um, I found it effective, but there wasn't much personal, personalization. Um, but like towards the end, after um, doing it for a couple of years, like I really saw a drastic change where um, there, it was more self-directed and they were willing to um, try out their ideas. They were willing to brainstorm a lot more um, focusing more on quantity. And in one part um, of the book that I, I wrote, like I, I, I talked about um, a fourth grader who, you know, seemed very unsure of the. Of himself and uh, was new to the school and it reminded me a lot of, um, of how I was when I was younger very shy and just like not understanding I was capable um, mm-hmm. and after he did a couple of the projects he came up to me he was just like really excited and he told me that he felt like he can do anything That's and right it was man. just that that joy I mean yeah could he do anything it was just more at that moment he was uh he just felt really confident or had the courage to act upon what um he was thinking that's instead amazing. of kind of hesitating and all that stuff so, and that's in that part uh yeah i saw a lot of change and also the quality of work yeah definitely in the first year um focusing more on the process um the solutions weren't very creative um but as the years went by, um, it improved, and it's because um, the teachers got better at teaching it, um, the stuff that we were trying to do, uh, but also the students were getting getting it more. What, what design thinking was all about, and now it's, it's just not just the process.
0: I, I mentioned earlier when I was visiting Design Thirty Nine, and they it seems they built that culture like what you were alluding to, where design thinking is just the process by which they explore everything. And walking into a second grade mm-hmm. classroom and they had a poster on the wall and their their design challenge for the week was, it was like, um, we, we need to make companies that will elevate humanity because the planet, planets and the animals need our help. And like mm-hmm. watching them go through that. And it was kind of like one of those how might we statements, like how might we elevate humanity by creating a company because animals and plants need our help. And it like, To see the kinds of ideas that kids were coming up with, and then they use a a strategy called the um, the range finder, where all the ideas Mm. that the kids are generated in the ideation phase, they kind of map them out on like a here and now to uh, like Mount Everest solution that we can't accomplish right now because of skills and abilities and resources, but to see these kids generate ideas and map them and kind of evaluate their own ideas and then push forward with it, it was. Like it was like super inspiring to see that kind of work happening. So I'm wondering if, do you, do you use similar types of statements like design challenges or design statements, or do you use how might we statements or like, how do you get the kids like kind of understanding what the first step is or what the challenge is for them?
1: Right. Um, Yeah. So I think um, what teachers, the misconception is like what you just talked about your experience of watching that um, it's amazing. But I think a lot of teachers are like, okay, well, I'm a teacher. I have to right. I have to hit the standards and all that stuff. Um, what they don't realize is that question, that how might we question was generated through hours of looking at the standards. So basically this the what you do is you get um, teachers from multiple subject areas, they have mass, master- they 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 know the standards, they know the concepts that need to be taught, and then they kind of pick and choose which concepts um, can come together to create that type of question. So that question the te- the students don't know but to to be able to answer that question you have to hit these standards. Right. And um and be that's only because it was developed through standards. Right. Um, and so that's how we that's how we create those questions. We call those uh, driving questions at my other school.
0: I know you mentioned, and I want to give you the ability to talk about this too. I know you mentioned earlier the book um, that you put out for, for those of, you know, people that might be listening to the episode, if they don't know of you or your work or your book, can you talk about that? Maybe the experience and your intention with it and maybe one or two ideas that you'd be able to give away to entice people to, to learn more about your work.
1: Um, okay. So yeah, I was asked by a publisher last year to write a book and um, the time frame they gave me was like a couple months. So I I actually (laughs) finished writing the book in six months. And at the time I was uh, trying to find a job, a new new school. Um, I I I had a uh, um, (laughs) one-year-old and it was pretty hectic in my life. Um, So every, yeah. And uh, and I'm saying this because basically I hated the whole process of writing the book. Um, I don't like writing in general. Like, I remember in, in high school and college, just trying my best to write an essay and always got C's like every time it was just, I was, you know, pretty sad about it. But, um, because I've really changed from, and I talk about it in the book, I really changed after leaving the education system. I really, um, I feel like I kind of flourished because I realize I have other skills and strengths and, um, and design thinking really helped me to validate what i was thinking um and because i was teaching design thinking because i was living it um i felt i had the courage to try writing this book yeah. this is coming from a book who guy who doesn't i who hates writing so um i wrote it i'm so happy it happened but i dreaded you could ask my wife like i just constantly said why am i doing this why like this oh my goodness. Is, i i hate this and um, yeah, but I mean, I would love to, well, basically like one thing I want to mention about the book is that, uh, it's very, it, none of the ideas are from me. It They're all from Ido D school, right. K-12 lab, like all of the, you know, the, the best design thinking. Uh, organizations I basically just applied it in my classroom so it's very like practical it's very um, I just constantly give examples of projects that I've done so it's it, it makes it more real for the teachers it's not it's not really theoretical um, if I was yeah it's not really theoretical it's more like my experience it, it literally the whole book is my experience so
0: are you so is it like you're almost like telling a story about like the you know putting this process in place like would it be a good entry point for someone who's trying to get a better understanding of what this is all about yeah i would say it is for a teacher because um
1: i've read all you know all the design thinking books and uh, it's it's great because um it, it kind of describes what design thinking is but again it's the, it's more theoretical because. It's, the situations they talk about is in business and all that stuff. I think mine's practical for for teachers um, who want to try it in their classroom or create that culture for their school.
0: So give us, give us uh, maybe one little snippet or insight or story from the book that would make someone kind of get a sense of like what's going on in that text.
1: Um, I love this quote. I share it all the time. His name is David Lee, too, uh, but he's a CEO of Shaker um, and a uh, very successful guy. Uh, but he, I basically interviewed him and asked him, what type, of, what type of employee are you trying to hire? And he basically said he needed, he's, he's a brilliant dude, but um, he said he's limited. He's only one person. He needs basically an extension of, his, of himself. And so you need a person who can, so he describes the challenge, he has some ideas, but does that person basically takes it and just runs with it. It's very self-directed. Right. And um, I give an example, he, he gave me an example of one, I think intern, and she just killed it. She just created this website and she basically added another aspect of the business and it's thriving. Like, and she just took the initiative to do that. I think that's the type of students we want to develop when they exit our education system. Right. Um, I feel like a lot of the mindsets that um, design thinkers have, like she has the same mindsets. And so um, I think that's the why, like that's why we want to do it. And I, you know, and I had, and I had in the, um, in the past when I was working with some, some teachers, like, the ones that were successful had those mindsets. The ones that didn't like really wanted me to explain what they want, what I wanted them to do. The program was new. Like I hadn't, I knew what the vision was, but I didn't know exactly what they had to do. So the ones that just took that role and just like created their own thing, their own work um, and made the program better, they were successful. The ones that were just kind of waiting for me to tell them exactly what to do. It didn't work out very well. So I think, yeah, I think that's the one snippet I want to share about the book. Um, the why, why, Why? why this design thing.
0: Yeah, it's when I when I ever when I ever do any kind of instruction around this model or get groups invested in it, I always start with a few different stories of my own. Why? And one of them points to I don't know if you ever heard of this text. It's called, it's it's a it's a little bit older now. It's called The New Divisions of Labor by um levy and murnane and they have this awesome graphic in the book and it's like talking about how certain type it's this economic um kind of projection of what types of jobs are going away what types of jobs are emerging the jobs that are disappearing are Mm -hmm. like routine manual routine cognitive like if then statements and repetitive manual tasks so to me that's the biggest why is this like are we setting our kids up to have an inability to compete and like basically set them up for a skill set that's irrelevant or are we setting them up for one where they're they kind of can create a need for themselves like you talked about this intern who basically made herself kind of indispensable in some capacity like bringing value to a company and generating a new revenue stream because she was able to think creatively and come up with a new way to look at what's possible Um, there was a a podcast where David Kelly was being interviewed talking just about the like eight required mindsets for effective design thinking and his his whole thing was similar to what you're saying like design thinking like the process is not the important thing it's getting to a place where you can think certain ways open to going from abstract to concrete and back and forth and Working with ambiguous, like information and timetables and just being open to like a lack of clarity all the time and embracing kind of like that working scenario. If we could, if we could shift gears a little bit, because the other the other thing that kind of drew me to your work and wanted to have you on was seeing kind of the ways in which you're leveraging technology with the kids that you're working with. Um, so seeing your kids, right. you know, code and create with micro bits and just the various kinds of ways that you're using technology. And it doesn't seem to be. Um, let's see, how do I describe this? Like it, it, it appears from the outside to be really meaningful work. And like that's what drew me okay. to wanting to have this conversation. So if you could talk about. It doesn't have to necessarily be design, tied to design thinking, but talk about the ways in which you're having kids use technology and why you're doing that kind of work, and maybe a, a general overview of your approach to educational technology as as something that's possible now in classrooms.
1: Yeah, I think um, for me I, I never focus on I never focus on technology um, like the school you visited i only i my number one Purpose I feel like is to design learning experiences like that. So once I've so once I've worked with teachers to design something like that, then then technology is involved. Um, right. What I'm really into I just made a video on YouTube about this, how edtech um, companies are creating more tools that um, allow students to take their creative idea and actually make it work or at least have some type of low res prototype right um and allowing that to happen because in the beginning um a lot of the stem kits just were prescribed and everyone created the same thing or you had multiple options but it was literally told exact you're you're told exactly what to do there's no problem solving or critical thinking in that um some but you know not the pure sense and um But now it's like I'm seeing, I mean, the Arduino um, craze, uh, it was kind of difficult because elementary couldn't use the Arduinos. We tried, but it was a a bit too difficult. So um, Hummingbird coming in, MicroBits coming in, um, these microcontrollers where you can program servo motors and sensors and all of these things, these students already had the ideas, but they only just sketched it out. Or they created a model, but nothing was moving, nothing was automated. Gotcha. But now, uh, if, you, if a student has a way to solve the plastic pollution crisis um, with some type of machine and thinks it, they can somewhat um, replicate that idea um, in, a, in a prototype. Because that prototype um, is not, especially for a student, is not there to actually solve the problem. It's to communicate their idea. Um, and, it was really difficult in the past, a tangible prototype.
0: Can you go back and say that again? I think that was like, that might be the most important thing I've heard all day.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah. For, for the student, yeah, I think the teachers felt felt pressure of like, oh, now they need to create something that um, will change the world type of thing. But the idea of the prototype, especially in the classroom, um, is, is um, created to communicate the idea that they had. And because prototype, again, like David Kelly said, it's it it's the best way to communicate your idea because it's tangible, it's there, it's moving, it's doing something. You can actually interact with it. Um, a sketch doesn't really do that, so it's it it's a game changer. These ed tech tools, like it's really changing education in that sense. And I hope I'm hoping more ed tech companies understand that. Like, but you know, it takes schools to produce this type of learning experiences first, right? Yeah, um, because some, te- some schools don't do that. And so like they have these kits, and it's like too open ended and they kind of, you know, it gets flushed to get flustered. So um, it's important that the pedagogy is there first and then these tools kind of uh, go with it.
0: I love that idea because it, it reinforces the thinking that um, like the technology is it's a component, but not like the central p- thing that's happening. And I, I've been doing this work for some time with the technology integration and, Working with teachers, and it's—I've never thought about it that way. That it's this this prototype is not to solve the problem, but it it seems like too. If you have that something you can touch and hold on to, then it could lead to more conversation, more ideas being generated, and it could, you know, lead you to another solution that you would never consider just because you have something tangible in front of you. I mean, the goal of the student is to solve the problem, um, but I don't like.
1: I remember even myself and beginning when we first started we were just like putting too much pressure on these kids and like stuff that we couldn't even do as adults uh, we were putting that pressure on them and thinking that you know they need a they like I think it's because oh they're using design thinking they should be creating these awesome stuff but um, uh, it's more about it's more about creative problem-solving I think yeah Um, I feel like if, <laughs> so I made videos about my first year applying it and then my last year, and the ideas were drastic. No, the ideas were similar. It was a, a lot more creative at the end, but um, the students at the end were actually allowed, were actually able to build something to actually illustrate their idea, right? A lot of times in the first year, I was like, uh, "But we can't really show that." Right. But at the end, it's like, "Yeah, we can do that with." That. And 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 um, even like a shower sensor. Like someone was saying, "I, I take wait, um, my showers are way too long." If there was a sensor where it's like, if I'm away from it, it just turns off. And you know, we didn't have. The, he built like a low res one where it's like a sensor, but. Think it was a LED light, so it just showed if a person was to cl- go close to the um, uh, the shower head, then it would turn on, and that that just communicates that water would be coming down, right? Like that's a better way to communicate than a sketch, a theoretical sketch. Yeah, right? so, yeah, yeah.
0: Could you speak to the idea that if you're going to use design thinking in schools with kids, or to kind of be the foundation in which all things are explored? Are there things that teachers should be aware of going into it that they can anticipate like certain roadblocks or obstacles that they'll have to almost plan for, or just be comfortable knowing that this could happen?
1: Yeah, I think, um, I think it goes back to what I was saying in the beginning. I've heard, and you know, it's kind of true. I heard teachers say, Oh, this is the scientific method uh, or this is the, all right, so just this is the design process that we use in our right. school. Yes, the process is very similar. I think that's what we need to go back to or start with the mindset and the culture. So, what has drastically changed my life is the way I think of problems. Um, if you t- even even when I was younger, like word math, word problems, I would panic. Like, <laughs> that would mean I have to really like, I'd rather have the equation or the sorry, whatever. Yeah. the the equation just written out and then i'll just solve that because there's not much critical thinking in there right right the world problems made me think a little bit and like i hated, i hated those and i didn't do well and i was always nervous about it like i i think of now and i when i faced with the problem i don't naturally i would kind of be intimidated and 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 fearful and not want to make mistakes and all that stuff but i totally changed um it's it's um helped me to embrace yeah uh, ambiguity and um, and give me the confidence because once I kind of got the courage to start, I, I had these small wins. I had these small wins and then these wins got a little bigger. Um, and like I wrote a book where, which I never thought I would have done and it it led me to this point. Um, and it, I think it's because of that mind of those mindset and the culture that I kind of model with everyone else. I think it has to start there. Um, and so, yeah,
0: that's... It, it's funny, when, like, hearing you talk about these ideas, I feel like it's you're able to express them in a way that I've also, I've tried to express them similarly, but you have different language to talk about it, which is fascinating for me to hear how someone else doing this work approaches it similarly, but has a, a different way to kind of express it and talk about it and convey it to people. Um, This has been fantastic. I know for myself, I'll never forget the first time I saw this model. Um, A colleague of mine, Saba, was presenting on the use of design thinking. I think she was, if I recall correctly, she was talking about her sister using the model when she was a student at USC. And I walked out of the room thinking like, what does Mm -hmm. empathy have to do with technology? Like, why did I sit in that two-hour session? I was really frustrated. I was like, oh, wait a minute. This has nothing to do with technology. This puts critical thinking and problem solving and problem identification before everything else, which is probably the most important thing we can do. Um, So I I know even in talking to you about this tonight, it makes me, it almost confirms my suspicion that, like this is a really long process. If anyone's going to adopt it, it, there's gonna be a lot of uncomfort in early stages it's not a traditional like model of instruction. Like you said earlier, like if, the, if, you, if you present one of those how might we questions and the, a teacher who's either new or developing comfort with this model might say like, well, what am I supposed to do? I'm not teaching anything. Okay. But I thought it was really clever right. how you said that embedded in those how might we questions is like lots and lots of time and thoughtfulness given to how can we craft that question for students to have some level of certainty that they're going to hit the curriculum areas they need to, but hit them in Mm -hmm. a way that's going to allow for creativity and a unique perspective and some student expressing their capacity in a way that, you know, everyone doing the same thing in a linear fashion wouldn't let them do it.
1: Yeah. And, and, and for example, like uh, if you ask them, Oh, how, how can you design a toy that is nature, nature inspired for a kindergartner? Um, Like there, You would say, You would ask them, okay, so what do we need to know? And they will be like, Oh, what's nature inspired design? And it's like, Oh, funny you asked that. Um, Look at these animals and then talk about the external parts of. And so it's like, it's it's already there. We're kind of, you know, it's already planned out. Um, And then you can do those lessons about external parts of animals and plants. Um, So teachers are teaching, um, but when they're being, when they're going through that process of developing an idea, yes, you're facilitating and all that stuff. So um, it's
0: not a free for all. Like people think (laughs) it's funny. I sometimes I use this matrix and it's like um, one of four quadrants, like the kind of work kids could be doing. And it's like same target, same product where it's like super prescribed. And then in the bottom, right, it's like different, Mm -hmm. different target, different product. But if you pose one of those, those, how might we questions, where you're like, hey, our intended target is this community, like the earth or animals or the retirement home in our neighborhood, and this is what we're trying to do for them, like bring happiness or bring safety and security or sustainability. Like it can go anywhere, mm-hmm. but you have some sense of what right. is likely going to happen. And then the teacher, I, I thought it was really interesting you use the language of like designing experiences for kids as opposed to teaching yeah. content. We're all designers. Teachers are, yep. Yep.
1: yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, we're designers. We're, teachers are, they should see themselves as designers first.
0: You see, that's nugget number two for me. I'm going to pull the audio snippets out of this, and <laughs> audio snippet number one is the prototype doesn't solve the problem. It gives you like a way to kind of connect with the solution idea, and I'll have to go back and get it perfectly, but this last one of teachers are designers of experiences for kids and kind of designing the environments they're going to be in. Super helpful.
1: Oh yeah, so if, if the teachers have that mentality as designers, they they can better model um, what design thinking is if they see themselves as designers. So. As
0: designers, that's great. Um, so this, yeah. I did not warn you about this at all. At the end of our show, we like to pose three yeah. 100% non-related questions to anything we talked about. So if anyone's listening to this point, they'll get a better sense of who David is. Um, so here's my question okay. and I have three questions for you. Question number one, top okay. three sneakers of all time, in your opinion. Oh, geez. <laughs> yep, sorry to put you on the spot. Um, top three.
1: Yeah, I, I would say number one, um, right now, Air Force, I, had, I remember Jay-Z had these Air Force Ones, white Air Force Ones. Uh, Those were extremely popular, but he had the Rockefeller um, logo on the side. I always wanted that, but I recently got one, a retro one, so I'm pretty stoked on that. (laughs) Uh, Number two two is um, I have LeBron's first signature shoe. Uh, I have three. Um, I kind of put it in the closet. I bought them, and I put it in the closet. Um, But that was basically... Um, an investment where I just felt like I knew this guy was going to be it. Um, all the hype actually came true. And so I have his original shoes for shoes, signature shoe. Um, number three. Wait, oh, number three. Um, number three. <laughs> okay. You know what? Um, I'm just going to say Team Jordans in general. And then oh, that's, team they're like, a, they're not, yeah they're not, um, you know, the, the cool jordan the original jordans but yep. team jordans for me at the time what i felt, I felt it was attainable uh-huh. when i was in middle school high school um i only had one but my friend had every pair and and i think he kind of introduced me like oh it's so nice to have all of these pairs at any given moment you could just put on and so i'd say awesome. team jordan jordan's because nostalgic uh, nostalgic for me
0: all right. Question number two: um, If you had to pick one album to listen to on repeat, um, I I used to.
1: Yeah, I think RJD2. This, yeah. um, this this DJ. Yeah, he he. Um, I think it was dead. It was called Dead Ringer. But I listen to that constantly. It's mostly beats. So yeah, um, yeah. It's. I would say that's probably
0: something that could. I would love to buy actually the record for that. Uh what is the the maybe not the last book the but the most memorable book that you read recently that you want to tell someone about?
1: I think creative I mean creative confidence for me was a game changer for me. It changed it changed my life. It validated what I was kind of thinking but um took it to a, another level. Um, I got to visit the D school and for some reason like the person I went with knew knew david and so he was like oh could you give us a tour he gave us a tour and 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 wow. it's just it's not fake it's like he lives it it's it's really him like he was talking exactly how the, the way he talks in interviews and stuff and so uh, i was and and it was just random people like it, we weren't important they were just, we were just teachers but he just took the time during lunch to like just show us around and man it was really cool so i'd probably say creative confidence this oh, he's crazy. a sneaker guy too like if you ever meet him yeah he he was talking about like um oh I, I wish i was trying to get those Bape adidas collaborations or something like that it was it was pretty yeah he knows the
0: knows stuff yeah. that's awesome um so hey i want to thank you for joining us um you know joining the podcast sean couldn't be here tonight but i was just really value the time that you shared with us and the insights that you gave into design thinking and your experience and implementing the model and having success with it. And hopefully it inspires some other teachers to um, explore this idea, explore your book. Um, Can you tell everyone who's listening where they can learn more about your work, find your book, see what you're doing online, social handles and all that stuff. Um,
1: My book is called design thinking in the classroom. You can find it on Amazon and uh, I think Barnes and Noble and book depository for um international teachers um and then yeah you can find my uh, stuff on www.davidleeedtech.org um, and then all my handles is it's oh it's always david lee edtech um and if you want to follow i have an instagram um shoe uh, account uh you can follow <laughs> me at teachers teachers there's
0: um yeah hey david thank you so (laughs) much i can't wait to get this one up and uh, hopefully we can catch up again sometime soon cool man thanks greg so we've been thinking is sponsored and brought to you by edtech teacher and the edtech teacher summer workshop series from boston to chicago and san francisco the edtech teacher team will be leading workshops all summer on topics ranging from creativity with g suite to design thinking and 3d printing to ar and vr and edu there's a workshop for every educator Learn more at edtechteacher.org forward slash summer.